With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, it's the first Nina Calder show live and it's the first time Liverpool have lost. So it's the first time me hosting this and I absolutely hate it. Um, It hurts. You kind of forget that losing feeling. Um, uh, Man City were up for it way way more the proper challenges um to this Liverpool side to it was a great game I have to say I'm a little bit everywhere a bit disorientated but I've got two awesome guests who are going to help me to the fat of this one and there's plenty of fat certainly on one certain individual I'm certain but without further ado let me introduce our guests first up I have Hakeem all the way from New York welcome to the show Hakeem <laughs> Thanks, Nina. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. That's all I could say so far. Yeah, I think we're all feeling quite deflated at the moment. And joining Hakeem, um, I'm thrilled as always to have my guests on, but I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Wales. Andy, welcome back. Hi, Nina. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd say it's nice to be back, but not quite so nice tonight. Uh, disappointing to be talking about uh, that game and that performance. You know what? I even thought about calling in sick, but you know, like Gags has me on all social media. How do I get away with that one? I was like, fuck it. I do not want to speak about this. Guys, um, so far we don't have any callers. We've got loads of, um, live, um, live listeners. So, um, we will read their commentary as we, as we're going through on this pod. But you know what, guys? I want to come to you first because I think you're all excited. And then the team news is announced. So I want to get your thoughts. What did you make of Klopp's? selection in in particular I know we're all going to go there the midfield and Hakeem I'll come to you first I mean what did you make of the lineup initially I I was I was pretty calm about it you know I went in I I looked at the lineup with the mentality that hey my reaction isn't going to affect the team it was just more hopeful I guess that the yeah. team could pull out the result but when you look back at it in hindsight, of course we know the stats that this is what apparently the sixth away game that that midfield three has played for us, and it's lost all six of them. And when we get to the performances, we, we can see why today in particular why it didn't work. As I said, I, I tried to stay calm. You know, I'm I'm usually that voice on the NKS shows, but man, the, the aftermath of of what that lineup caused us, it, it it's. It's really frustrating. I, I share your sentiments. I mean, like, I'm just so flat right now. And it's just like, I, I felt the same when I saw the team lineup. I was like, oh, no, that midfield again against that team. Really want to go there, club. But you know what? I'm not going to curse you. I'm not going to slag you off. I'm going to let you play football because that's where all, you know, that's where we see things come into play. I mean, Andy, your thoughts about um, the team? Yeah, obviously, the defence picked itself. The front three are the front three. It was about the midfield and yeah, as soon as I saw the team, that was my first thought of oh, that midfield. It just didn't feel like the right decision. Certainly didn't feel right playing Milner uh, and I still cannot understand uh, 
not selecting Fabinho um, for for every every reason that you could dream of, really. Not just the form that he's shown, but the balance and the extra dimension that he adds to our to our team in there, and changing our shape again. I thought that was that was quite um, quite a curious one, you know, because we've looked so good and, and we've been on such a good run, and, and our shape has kind of really emphasised our strengths, helped us attack better again, and we've still been defending well. So to change the shape and go back to that midfield that we thought had seen, you know, we'd seen the last of it until obviously they played Napoli and played really well. So maybe that was Klopp thinking, okay, we can, you know, they can dig one more performance out. But um, yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) he was wrong on that call. So disappointing. When, Nin, when will we learn? When will the manager learn? Like, you know what? There's absolutely no one's got a right to criticise the manager this season because look at where we are. Four points clear at City. At the end of the day, the bigger picture is fantastic. Fucking brilliant. But, but it could have been 10. Okay. Oh, gosh. It could have been 10, right? It could have been 10. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when will we fucking learn? To not play this flat midfield three. When? When will we learn? There's only twice this season. I said it before in the chat, in Discord with these guys. I said it. When that team sheet came out, I felt a real sinking feeling. I've only felt it once this season before. Yeah? Napoli, yeah? I, no. No. Napoli, I thought it was okay. PSG. Because yeah. we'd learnt up to Napoli, it's not working. We learnt mm. that when we played Lalana instead of one of the others against Red Star, it wasn't working. To go again against PSG and then not learn. And you know what? The issues weren't the same this time anyway. The issues weren't the same. We weren't getting played through the middle. We weren't getting, uh, you know, we weren't pressing crazily. It was good. It was controlled. But the biggest problem is the lack of creativity from midfield from this three. There's nothing there. There's never anything there. And so how can you come to City not to score? They're going to score. Did he think he was going to, Hold on. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Lynn, I predicted it. I predicted it wrong. I said 3 T to us, yeah. But I predicted that they're going to get two against us. I had a feeling they'd be the first team to score two against us. That means we need to score. We Mm -hmm. need to fucking. We can't go to the best team in the league not looking to score and relying on the front three to do it on their own and the fullbacks alone is not good enough. Right, guys, whilst I have you all here, we have. um the live callers, which I love. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's hard staying up and listening to us at this hour after that result. Um, Got one here from Mr. Ecker, and I'm going to read it out. He has one question for you guys. Guys, you might as well stay on as well and answer it if you want. Um, This was everyone's fault, but who was most accountable for the bad result? So um, his his points are Lovren, Klopp, or somebody else? Who are you going to, Nin? Give somebody a oh, shout. Oh, sorry. Have I got a shout? Yeah, I thought you lot are all like, I'm going to come to Andy first. It's, I think it's wrong just to, to pick, you know, to point out and poke the finger at one point. I, I think there's there's different culpabilities in that. Klopp, I think he's made mistakes in there. Obviously, like we say, that, that team from the start, None of us would have picked that. I don't think any of us felt it was right. And that's not just based on favourites or fancy names or what we love and this and that. It's based on what we're seeing. It's evidence on the pitch and the results that have come with it. So I think the first mistake is that. 
and that shape. And and what Gag spoke about, you know, it, that total lack of joining the midfield and the attack up together, our recent shape has joined them together. Without Ox carrying the ball through, obviously Coutinho's gone. Without that person who carries the ball through, our different shape and having having them players a little bit closer, having Shakiri there, that that's worked. It's it's just we've we've come across this and it's working. So it just seems a mistake to to change to move away from that today. And that was what I felt we saw is nobody could carry that ball through the midfield and link them two lines up together. We could not link the attack to the midfield effectively. So there's a mistake from Klopp. I think Klopp made mistakes through the game as well for changes. I would have gone for a change at half time. I think it was clear as day it needed doing. Milner mm-hmm. did not look fit. Uh, and the quality wasn't there from him either. We wait too late to make a change. The first change, granted, the change of shape, it worked. It got us back into the game. It, it threw City off a bit. Then Improved our def- passing as well, by the way. Yeah. We're doing the simple yes. things were fucking up for us today. We could yeah. not string a simple fucking pass together. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. But what I'd say is they then reacted to that with a change of their own, but we didn't change ourselves until much later. So mm. again, it's that change. And taking Mane off to bring Shakiri on, I just couldn't understand that one for myself. Yeah. No, I, I would have, I would have kept them all on. You need a goal. Keep all your attackers on, mate. Yeah. And in performance-wise, there were not, there were players around the pitch who didn't perform to their usual level. And it's not about blaming the result on one player because that would be wrong because you can't blame that result and performance on one player. But certainly, yeah, Day and Lovren... Everything is defending on the ball. Everything was just you know. You know what this Dejan Lovren performance. I mean, I'm gonna come to you guys, but just going off what Andy said, you know what this Dejan Lovren performance reminded me of? Sevilla final gets an early booking, goes to shit. It was even before that. He was just he was the wrong side. He was getting caught. He was he was dilly dallying in possession. He, he he was doing this thing. He did it two or three times. It was driving me nuts. He was just flicking the ball a yard to his side to Trent, who was then boxed in. And then Trent's, you know, trying to clear the ball over and they're winning back possession. It was driving me nuts. I thought it was just, from start to finish, it was just a terrible, terrible performance. But we've got nobody else to play there alongside Van Dijk at the moment. So hopefully... He has had some decent games lately. He has. And he hasn't had a calamitous game like this for quite some time. So hopefully he can put this behind him and get back a little bit of form and confidence until the end of the month when hopefully uh, Joe Gomez comes back because he, he was awful today. But by no means was he the only poor performance on the pitch. I'm just lost count of how many counters he counterattacks he started for Manchester City. That's all. I'd love to get the numbers and stats on them. If anyone's got them, please um, send them my way. Uh, Hakeem, I'll come to you quickly. Who? I mean, like, would you place blame on anyone? If uh, if so, who would it be? All right, let me preface this. Uh, thanks to Andy for pointing out the fact that Lovren had a few good games recently. But I'd like to preface this with the fact that I don't know Dayan Lovren. Personally, he might be a wonderful guy. Seems to make Mo Salah quite happy. But he's fucking horrendous. I swear, I'd never want to see him play for us ever again. But mitigating circumstances mean that he's going to play for the next yeah. few weeks. But he's absolutely horrendous. For a man that walks around and talks like he's Bobby Big Bollocks, 
he does the most fucking shit on the pitch I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I'm not the best player ever. I'm sure tons of us who are listening to this. I tweet moment, that I think I'm a better defender than Lovren. I, I charge less and I don't talk shit. You genuinely might be, Nina, but the fact is, yes, we're not professional. We're not professional players, of course, but that doesn't mean that we can't see what's going on on the pitch. I know a lot of people get really angry about his interviews and the, the, the sound bites that he gives out. It's it's amazing that he can challenge the team to go unbeaten for the season, but he needs to challenge himself to play well on the fucking pitch because that's what matters. His words don't matter. It's his actions on the pitch that matters. And he was absolutely horrendous. For the loss today, he gets 70% of the blame. Mm-hmm. The other 30% Could have been worse, like Gag said. It really could have because mm-hmm. Virgil van Dijk was absolutely amazing. I'm sure we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it when we discuss the rest of the team. And then on to Jurgen Klopp, he gets the other 30% because of the lineup. Yeah. Now, within that 30%, James Milner is a large part of that. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he was gassed after out. 10 minutes, by the way. He, he was genuinely gassed. And the fact is, he ruined the whole shape of the team. I put in, I put in an image earlier in, uh, at halftime in, in, on Discord. And you could see our, our, our average positions. He was, he was standing on, on Henderson and Genoa Nalden's feet. He was stuck on the right side. They had the freedom of the left side. So whenever they decided to switch the ball, that's what they did. They overloaded our right side, switched it out to Sterling on, on, on our left, and that's how they attacked us. So honestly, Dan Lovren and Jurgen Klopp, they're at fault for this game. Yes, Jurgen has done amazing things for us. We're, we're at the top of the league. We're four points clear. I'm, I'm not going to lose perspective of that, but I'm absolutely fuming about the performance because it could have been avoided. Yes, City had the most had more pressure on them because, you know, the onus is on them to come and win the game. They're at home. You know, their fans want to see them put in a performance. But the negativity of the players, I understand the intent if we want to sit back and counterattack. But if the players are, are going to play as they did, Klopp has to take blame for, for picking them. Mil- How many days has Milner been in training? Two, three days? It was just horrendous management, in my opinion. I know it's all great saying this in hindsight, but y- you can't, can't avoid the fact that people are going to be upset at, at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I pretty much agree with you guys. I think the team lineup, you got to blame Klopp. You can't blame him for Dejan Lovren because he has nobody else. But then you'd have to ask the question, well, why don't we have another defender on our books rather than no, having Dejan Lovren? It still goes to the midfield because if you they, they, there's not much pressure on that defence then because if mm. you can hold the ball and you can play the ball and you can get out City on the back foot, the, all the pressure is on you. On VVD, on Lovren, on Allison, it's all there because they can't keep the ball. So what's going to happen? One's going to go to shit. The one with the worst temperament's going to shit. You know what fucked me off about you know domino effect. Yeah, you know what fucked me off about the first goal. Before we go to our first call, we do have one. You know what really fucked me off about the first goal? Aside from obviously Dejan Lovren should have been a lot tighter on Aguero. Great strike. I'm not going to take anything away from that. But this, you know, they were playing around the box, and I saw Jordan Henderson just walk around our box, just pointing his fingers. The captain of the pointy finger. I I don't know if anybody else saw that, but it fucked me off. It's a huge issue, Nina. It's the same thing that we speak about all the time. Yes, he has the good aspects of his game, but he's, all he does is point around. He doesn't track runners. And the same thing with Miller. That, that's what cost us today, man. I'll let, I'll let you guys finish. Mm-hmm. So, right, Rowan's waiting, mate. Next one. Let's go to yeah, the first caller. 
Okay, let's bring in our first caller. I don't know his real name, so I'm just going to read um, what he goes by, his username. And it's um, Brown, Bear. Brown Bear. Welcome to the Nina Kauser Show. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? We hear you good. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to cover off a few points, and I think Hakeem's sort of touched on most of them. I just wanted to make a comment about Lovren. The problem for me with Lovren is every player makes mistakes, um, but Lovren consistently makes mistakes in big games. Now... I'm not going to blame Lovren because I, you know, he is our fourth choice centre back. All our other centre backs are injured, so I'm going to lay off Lovren for once in my life. Okay. Um, the point I want to cover is I think personally I think Klopp got it wrong. I think going with Milner and not going with Fabinho was a massive mistake. Yep. And not just you know, Gags obviously has all the stats there, and we were talking as when we saw the lineup about you know the stats and why that midfield wouldn't work. My point was Milner's. I believe, just come back from injury. Um, he was going to come into a game that was going to be full of high energy, high intensity, and I wasn't expecting much of him. I actually think his legs have gone this season. Now, I might get shot down because Milner has been fantastic for us. Last season, he was really good, but I, I think his legs have gone. Um, I often comment about the fact that he, you see him falling over a lot whenever he's trying to do something, whether it's a tackle or play a ball, he's falling over, which is a shame because obviously at the start of um, pre-season, he was clocking all the best times and everything else. Um, but for me, leaving Fabinho out was a massive, massive mistake um, this season. I think the guy's kind of come in and proven himself in the big games. And I just wanted to see what you guys thought about. Um, and I know we've kind of touched on it, but what you guys thought about, you know, leaving Fabinho out of that midfield today. Oh, for sure. Brown Bear, before we go any further, can we take a name from yourselves just so Andy and Hakeem can actually um, not refer to you as Brown Bear? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Unless you want that. No, 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 it's Rowan, Rowan. guys. Yeah, that, that, uh, that comes from, uh, I've been on Discord for a bit, so that's that's to do with gaming and stuff. <laughs> Rowan, I love... Okay, right, Rowan, great question, and I think it's one that many people wanted. And Hakeem, I'm going to come to you first, because you look at Man City, they completely dominated that midfield in the first half. Our midfield was really pedestrian. We had a chat pre, pre-pod about this as well, whilst the live call, whilst our live subscribers were on. And as soon as he comes on, it's almost like... The control was back. Their passing had improved. There was more link-up play with the attackers. I mean, just what could have been had he started? So I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I'm pretty sure you agree with Rowan. I definitely agree. I'm a call back to a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, in the last Nina, the last NKS I was on. I mentioned that I think Fabinho could be our version or midfield version of what Virgil is for the defense. And what He's Mo a general, is isn't he? He behaves like a general. Definitely is. He comes on instead of being point to make point master. He's he's actually moving the ball quickly. He's telling people where to be, and not only just telling them where to be, telling them where to be so we can make the next move forward. It, he adds that composure. He has that incisive passing forward. Yes, it's a huge mistake for Jurgen not to play him. I can understand his fears that hey, he he might not be ready for the intensity of that game. But when is he ever going to be, be be ready for it if you don't throw him in at the deep end? You know, you can't molly coddle molly coddle the players forever. And I think he's shown enough that he he deserves his spot in the team at all times. I think he should always start for us. And as I said, I have to agree with Rowan that it was a huge mistake from Jurgen not to start Fabinho. Uh, I'd like to hear Andy's thoughts on it. Andy, over to you. Completely agree. Yeah, I, he should have started. For me, he, he moves into 
category of probably being our best midfielder now. I think when what you get from him is different from all the other midfielders in that deep position, I think he sees a different picture to everyone else. And that's a difference. You know, we've seen Genie play well there at times. John Henderson often struggles, has had some good games there, but it's not his best position. And I do, I don't think he seems as he just, I, he doesn't see that same picture that, that Fabinho sees. I think he receives a ball. His instinct is that he wants to keep it. He's being told we've got to keep the ball. We look to try and keep the ball. So he's looking and he doesn't see too far. So he, he looks, if it's not on forward, he moves to the side or back. We're going to keep the ball. I think what you've seen with Fabinho is a couple of times is he gets, he receives the ball and the pass isn't on. So he carries the ball 10 yards to make a pass. There's a different angle. The pitch has changed. And I think he's got the calmness and the confidence, the composure, everything, all them qualities and natural qualities that he, he can dribble. He can take it past people if he needs to, but he just sees something different. And I think instinctively, that area of the pitch is his. That suits him. He's comfortable playing there. It's more his natural game. And I, and as for, you know, the, the, the intensity and the, the tempo of a game like this, he went into a Merseyside derby and you know, that, that, you know, for all whatever Everton, obviously massive, there's a chasm of quality difference between Everton and this Man City side. But it's a Merseyside derby. It was frenetic from the first minute and he was the calmest player on the pitch. He was the best player on the pitch and he ran the show. So I would have absolutely no qualms in, in starting him and in playing him against anybody. Absolutely anybody. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, I totally agree. I do think he should have started. I think it's a mistake, but let's hope um, let's hope we learn from this. Absolutely. And Rowan, I'll let you have the final say on that. The lads pretty much agree with you. I think everyone listening will agree with you. Um, I think it's a sound point. Um, so I'll let you have the final say. Yeah, I just want to say as well, just to finish on that, I think Fabinho's made the other two he's been playing with look better this season and that's why it was a massive shock for me him not starting but I just also want to say as well that you know I know it's a bit tough after this game but you know we're four points clear we've just gone to Man City at their ground and we've lost 2-1 they didn't I don't you know they were the better team but I don't think they played us off the park I think you know for anyone that's going to the home games after this game we've got to keep that atmosphere going we've got to keep believing because this can still be our year if you'd said to me at the start of December that going into the FA Cup rounds, we'd be four points clear of City, I would have bitten your hand off. And we just need to remember that, I think. Yeah, it's a good fucking point. And I keep forgetting that one. I just, you know, it's just not, it's a losing thing. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, sorry, no, that is a really good point. And and that's something that should be remembered from this game as well. In that first half, you, you think before they scored, Manny went through and it hits the post. And then there's mm-hmm. the whole, you know, you're talking a millisecond from that clearance, not not clearing it in time and getting you know getting it, it, it was a, it was just a few millimeters from being a goal. So mm-hmm. it's on these finer points, you know, games can change fine margins. Yeah. And they had you know the ball pinged around their box a couple of times second half. Vincent Kompany should really have been red carded. You know he was absolutely he launched himself into the air. He was out of control. <laughs> so technically, by the laws of the game, he should really have received the red card again. That could have changed the game. And this is the fine margins of football. But on the night, you know, this was two heavyweight contenders. These are the two best teams in the league. 
proper heavyweights went slugging at it with each other. And on the night, Man City were a bit better than us. Yeah. And you know what? The XG Liverpool were leading all the way until until uh, Lovren does his major fuck-ups at the end and doubles their XG in the second half. I'm not even joking. That's totally serious. He doubled oh their God. XG. But uh, sticking with Rowan's um, you know, positivity angle, the next five games for Liverpool, Brighton v Liverpool, Liverpool v Palace, Liverpool v Leicester, West Ham v Liverpool, Liverpool versus Bournemouth. So, so you know, we've had a real tough run of fixtures in the last uh, month. That, over from now to the 9th of Feb, it's pretty decent, folks. So you could, I mean, I, I would put money on five wins out of five. So the pressure still will be on City because I reckon they'll have a bit of a bit, a bit, a bit tougher than us in the next uh, month or so. So yeah, keep your heads up. It's not over yet and it's, and, and it's not the end of the world. No, it's not. Still four points. And like you said, it was the best City side. Um, you know, the, the, the best team that we're going to face all, right? Um, in their back garden. And on a, on a different side note as well, um, I'm going to give a lot of credit to the City Home support who not only filled out the stadium, but actually made some noise. I'm honoured. Thank you for that. Booing everything, you know, they stepped up. But Rowan, thank you so much for calling. Really appreciated your little chat there and your input. Yeah, thanks, guys. Keep up the good work, guys. Awesome stuff. Thanking you. Right, That's wrong. Let's... Let's carry on talking. Okay, so we've kind of discussed the ugly side of the defence and, uh, you know, let's move to the positive. I think uh, Virgil van Dijk um, needs a special mention today because I thought he was absolutely excellent. I think, you know, he does, despite us conceding two goals, I felt like he was doing so much graft at times doing two defenders' work. Uh, so Andy, I'll come to you first. I mean, for me, it's just like a copy and paste Virgil van Dijk kind of performance. You, again... He's completely changed the complexion of our defence. He has, and he has made a huge difference, and it's been aided and abetted by having an immense goalkeeper behind him as well, a guy with a real presence and a charisma <laughs> and, and something about him that sets him apart. Um, I, what I would say is I think, I think Virgil's been becoming more accustomed to the guy alongside him, whoever that may be, being a little calmer. Uh, in recent games, uh, or this season, actually, really. Generally, I think that we've been a little bit calmer at the back. We haven't been quite so headless chicken in our play. And, and tonight, we know Lovren was all over the shop. That This was, you know, the bad old Lovren that we've seen so much of over the past four years. And Virgil had to do a lot of different type of work than what we've seen in recent games. He was having to cover and cover and get across and cover... And yeah, he he was he, he was excellent tonight. He he was superb, and 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 I think a shout's got to go to to Allison as well. You know, a couple of key saves, never put a foot wrong. Distribution, so calm under pressure. A couple of times, you know, two three times receiving the ball. You know, with short passes as they're charging down. Because I thought Bernardo Silva was excellent tonight. He ran his socks off, really mm. uh, putting the press on us, and. And he was under pressure a few times and he was cool as a cucumber, nice and calm. He was knocking the ball out to uh, out to Robertson or wherever. So what a difference having them two in there. But Virgil, he is, he is our leader on the pitch without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, Hakeem, anything you want to echo to that? I mean, 
what I mean, there's been so much talk about Virgil van Dijk, you know, the incredible 12 months that he's had. Uh, it, I just can't say enough good things about him. People go on about how incredible he is. And I think not only is he just great at what he does, I find him to be the player that, I don't know, um, people will not have a bad game around him, except for obviously Dejan Lovren in this instance. But I feel like there's a fear factor and I feel like every dressing room needs that. And if you're going to challenge for a title, you need personalities where people look at you and think, shit, I can't let this guy down. I mean, for United for so long, had like the likes of like Roy Keane, etc. And I think those players were essential. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, and Andy, I have nothing to add to that, to be honest. Andy went through it quite clearly. Uh, I do have to disagree with what you said, though, that it was a copy and paste performance. Because if we if we pay attention to the fine details of his performance in any big game, he does step it up to another level. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he was probably three levels above his normal today just because he was trying his very best to compensate for Lovren. And it, unfortunately, that didn't help. I know we don't like talking about other clubs, you know, other other and players from other clubs, but he's definitely or a version of a Roy Keane, a Patrick Vieira, mm-hmm. you know, those captains from some of the greatest sides the Premier League has seen. And honestly, he he can cement himself as a legend when we finally get the job done at the end of the season. So I'm going to stay positive for that and think he's he'll be the man to lead us there. Of course, not with the armband, but we all know who the captain is on the beach. For sure. And if you actually think about it as well, if we didn't have him and just say it was like, I don't know, heaven forbid, like a Martin Skirtle with Dejan Lovren, could you imagine the damage? We would have probably lost like 6-0. Yeah. Hold on, we've already been there. And we've had those games where we got hammered with Lovren and Skirtle and and Moreno. therapy. We've moved on. We won't won't be challenging for a title if them two were in us. I think Prof Prof has made a good point and uh, it's it's Stefan Vasilev, he's a writer and he's he's pointed out that their two goals, the chances of them, the XG of them were very low, 0.11, 0.05 I think. So, Mm. you know, at the end of the day, we did keep them down to, you know, really bare chances. Not They scored from really good shots, good finishes basically. They, they, They were, they were on it, but we didn't really let, we didn't, they didn't create we gave them those chances at the end, the ones that Lauren, they didn't score from them. So we got away from that. The two that they did score were brilliant finishes. You can't take that yeah. away from them. I've got, I've got a message here from HMN07. Chill out, guys. At the end, we are four points ahead and equal on goal difference. Remember the start of December, if I offered you this league table then? You're right. It's just the fact that we lost and it hurts and we're not used to losing. And also just some of the errors. I think I'm allowed to be a little frustrated, personally. Yeah, and I also feel, and on, on a side note as well, I felt like they were more hungry than us. I felt like the underdog tag had moved on to them from all the pundits and all the media. And I felt like that pressure, we like us taking that lead to them, I felt like hindered us. I feel like we played the best against Manchester City when we're fighting. Just my thoughts. No, agreed, agreed. Uh, before yeah. we move on, guys, I'd, I'd just like to reiterate this. We're not losing perspective on the fact that we're at the top of the league. We're four points clear. We're in a very strong position, you know, or, or destiny is within our own hands. But it's it's very much okay for us to be upset at, at the end of a result. 
because it, it wasn't a great result. And so it tightened. Do you want to know something as well? It tightens the 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 lead. I wanted I wanted a comfortable lead. It tightens the lead, and basically four points in it. It's it's a lot. It's two losses. Or a loss well, and a draw to get us equal on points. Or we lose two games and they win all their games. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's why I'm angry. Of course, of course. We definitely understand. And considering what happened in thirteen, fourteen as well. Understand my anxiety, people. And everyone else's. We, we think, avoid anxiety. I think the difference in thirteen fourteen was, I don't think we were ever in the lead. They all had uh, games in hand. I think the Chelsea, the, up to Chelsea, mm. we were probably ahead. But they still had games in hand. And um, this one, we're we're legitimately ahead now, legitimately, and it's about keeping it. It's about keeping it. And yes, it would have been beautiful to to win here, but this is see, we have to have a bit of respect for the for them. We do, we do, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This isn't a shit team, but but Andy, I mean, the reaction is as if we we just lost to Portsmouth. You know, remember the Rafferty era when we lost to Portsmouth (laughs) and it derailed everything. This isn't a loss to Portsmouth. This is a loss to one of the best teams in the world. So yeah, it is. It's just just something that you mentioned there, like uh, 08 or 09 and 13, 14, is I can't remember the exact stats, but something like, you know, one of them, we, we won something like 10 out of our last 11 games. We won 12 out of our last 14 and, and another, something like that. We went on an incredible run at the tail end of the season that put us in with the possibility of winning the league. Whereas this time round, we've set the pace. And, and if we're going to be strong at the back end of the season, we've given ourselves a much better opportunity rather than we're the underdogs chasing. And then suddenly it looks like we're going to do it. And then them points that we missed out on earlier, the se- earlier on in the season hurt us. Whereas this time round, we're actually in a stronger position. So, and I think we're in a, a stronger position in terms of who we've got in charge of the team, the squad that we've got, the players in them positions in terms of our defence, the, um, the the attack, the goalkeeper, sometimes the midfield. So we're we're in, I'd say we're in as good a position as we've ever had in the in the Premier League era to actually go ahead and win the league titles. But like you said, Gags as well, you know this it hurts because it's raw and it's just you know we've just come out of it and it's frustrating. But this is the team that won the league last season with 100 points. You know, they, these are no mugs. These are an incredible team. They're arguably the best team in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a side note as well, the reason why I'm pissed as well was because I actually had dreams that we might actually do an invincible season. Not going to lie. I had those dreams and hopes. No, I, I always expected us to lose at some point. I th- the thing is, sometimes a good team needs to lose to learn you know, you get you take some something from it, you learn from that defeat, and it just jeers you up that you're gonna you know what? Any thought of you going off the boil slightly or getting a little complacent, it just gets you angry again. You know, we've conceded goals sometimes and it's made us angry and, and, and smash teams. This hopefully will get the same re- reaction from us. We'll get angry that we've lost a game and we'll now go on a really good run. And this is the test of this team, is just how, let's see just how good they are. How do they come back from this defeat? Because we know in the the Champions League was different, wasn't it? Because of the way it's structured. Let's see how we come back from this. Because this is a real test of this team. I think they're capable of coming back and going on a really good run. 
Hopefully, hopefully I'm holding on to that positivity. I mean, there are a few that kind of feel the same way. Uh, Bernie, our, our good friend Bernie, she's absolutely seething as well, just in the manner in which we lost as well, you know. Like somebody mentioned, Gags mentioned a comment that the XG were low on, on, on the chance that they created and just how unlucky we were as well. Like the second goal that they scored, it went off the post and went in. We kind of fucking hit the post and then it it was millimetres just under from being a, a legit goal, things like that, you know, really. And this, there's a few goal line clearances and somebody mentioned in here as well that the ref was absolutely shocking and we should discuss him. Let me get the right person up. Vern Wright, the ref was absolutely shocking. And Andy, you touched on that, right? Um, uh, you know, you think about, first of all, he was handing out yellow cards like confetti in the first half. I was getting really worried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Lovren one was a yellow card without a That one was, card. but, but yeah, Ginny was No, you, I mean, you watch something, if you look back on that, you could actually see before Lovren throws himself in and stupidly gets himself booked, is you could see Van Dyke telling him, don't make the, t- don't make the challenge. I've got it covered. So that was frustrating in itself. But yeah, that was absolutely yellow card. The Genie one, that I thought that was a poor decision. There was a couple of other ones that were slightly laughable. Uh, Fernandino, I, I, I mean, I said at one point on, I said on Twitter, you know, just give him your cards and the whistle, let him referee the game because he yeah. seems to be able to do what he wants. But the red card, that is the one. He gets he gets a clear view of Vincent Company going airborne and whether it was two studs one stud it's kind of immaterial the way that the laws of the game are now it's quite clear it's classed as dangerous out of control and yeah this is the thing you know getting a getting a referee from manchester to referee a game involving a manchester club but you know or a referee from the city of a club that's playing it's if there's controversial incidents it brings unwelcomed attention. It does. And I think it's a very curious thing to to put him in charge of a game like this. Absolutely, I'm not come to Hakeem on this because Hakeem, I'm, I'm you know, you have you are spoilt with so much sport in in America, and uh, I think Andy's absolutely spot on. There's a lot of fume around the choice of referee. Oh, he spots Altingham, so he's an absolutely fine um, referee to um, officiate this game. Absolutely fucking not. Aren't there other cities with other referees? Why have a referee from a city, from a team that is playing? It, it was a really weird decision. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I don't, think, I don't think we're watching sports anymore. We're watching all entertainment. So the powers that be are going to manipulate things the best that they can t- to get the best entertainment possible. Because mm. I agree. I, I don't understand why... A, why a referee from London, from Sheffield, from wherever? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not well. Well. No, you're doing good. Those are all um, uh, good places where you could pick a referee. Yeah. Trust any me. random, any yeah. random place, you know, some someone from Southampton or Brighton or anywhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You could you could have found you could have found other referees. And then not only did you just find this referee, it's sometimes it's perfectly okay for referees. Might seem like they're biased, but they they don't they don't referee in that way. But it was so clear that he was. Fernandinho committed two fouls before Lovren got his yellow card. And mm-hmm. yes, in fairness, it was a yellow card. He could have even gotten the ball when he tackled Aguero. The ball was right in front of him and he went for Aguero's legs. But then right afterwards, Ginny didn't even make a tackle. He just bumped Sané's legs by accident. Not intentionally, not like he was cutting off his run. 
and he got a yellow card. So it was clear from 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 moment one that the referee was he wasn't playing fairly or he wasn't refereeing fairly, and the fact that he was quite a coward in some of his decisions. Can't disagree with that. I can't argue with that. Okay, guys, I think we've discussed the ref there. So thank you there um, for that, um, Vern. Good little discussion point. We've got that off our chest. Okay, let's kind of, I think we kind of spoke about the defence. I mean, before we go any further, um, let's talk about the fullbacks because I felt like in the first half, Milner was doing, uh, and it's kind of linked in quite nicely, actually, but I felt like Milner was moving to the left and then moving to the right. I felt like there was a lot of changes and I felt like in the first half, certainly Trent was having a bit of a, well, Sonny had a great game, but in the first half, I felt like Trent needed a lot of help. I felt like our fullbacks were really getting attacked by both um, Sterling and um, and Sane. I mean, Hakeem, what what did you make of that? Well, uh, again, this goes back to the huge issue we had in midfield. It's it's fine if our defenders get isolated one v one versus their wingers. The issue is the way Man City plays is they want to pull our, 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 our fullbacks wide, but then have an attack in midfielder attack the space in between the, yes. the, the fullbacks and the centre-backs. And that's where our midfield let us down. Because Milner was allowing, uh, who was it on that side, Bernardo Silva to get in behind him you know, and attack the space. Uh, Henderson wasn't really helping out and allowing David Silva to attack the space. So our, our midfield was a shambles and it really hurt our fullbacks. I mean, the goals didn't, like, it's not like they cut us apart. I want to make that clear because I, I don't know if people think that I'm saying that the midfield just was non-existent where they walked through us and scored the goals. Of course, there were counterattacks. There were, it was a cross, second ball coming back in that caused the goals. But the midfield didn't do enough within the game to maintain a certain control. They isolated I, our attackers as well, by the way. Of course, they, they. So what happened? I, I mentioned it uh, uh, earlier too. Milner was moving over to the right side so often mm. that Mane was all by himself on the left. He had mm-hmm. no options if he got the ball, and then he was standing so close to Wijnaldum and Henderson. We can't progress the ball forward because you have two people around you when the best option is twenty meters away, but you can't pass the ball through someone. So. Uh, the midfield really hurt us today. It, it definitely negatively affected the fullbacks. However, the fullbacks really did combine well to set up our, our goal. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Lovely pink. Yeah, I felt like the second half, things did improve. But um, I was just going off like the first half. Um, uh, Andy, I want to get your thoughts because, um, uh, the, you know, the, the contrast between the first and second half, because in the first half, I felt like our fullbacks were really sort of, um, had a lot of pressure to deal with. I felt like there was more bodies sort of, around Robertson and Trent and a lot of lot down um Trent side in my opinion in the first half yeah I, I felt like City were actually trying to sort of get behind Trent and really run at Lovren I thought that was mm. that, that for me was was almost obvious that that was their target they were looking for the half space between Trent and Lovren to if you can run at Lovren because I've got to say, and it, not just Lovren there, there was a few other players as well who looked absolutely panic-stricken when City players were running at them or even running across them. You know, to, not just running to go past them, to run alongside them, to carry the ball. They, they looked panic-stricken. They didn't know whether to tackle, not whether to step in, whether to go with them. And, and you know, swinging legs, <laughs> it was, it wasn't, it wasn't good to watch. And that's what I meant earlier, you know, we, we were talking about how 
you know, we, we've looked quite calm defensively in, in a lot of games this season. And I don't think we looked calm all, all over our defence and, and as a team defending. And in them wide areas, you could see they they kept trying to use Sterling to kind of isolate Robertson to run at him. But I thought Robo dealt with him well. He stood him up. He tackled him a number of times. He was really strong. There was one that was the uh, half-hearted penalty shout, which, if anything, was actually Sterling grabbing hold of Robertson and then pulling him over onto him. Mm. So I thought Robertson dealt with Sterling pretty well, really. On the other side, Sarney's always caused us trouble. And and if I remember rightly, I think Sane up against Gomez, when we played him at right back, he gave him a nightmare couple of games. But Trent played really well against him. I think it was in the Champions League it last was, season. Yes, at home. Yeah. yeah, he had him in his back pocket. And I, and I think it was a kind of a bit of, a bit of both here. You know, Sane had some good times. Trent had some good moments, dealt with him well at some points. But when Sane was coming, cutting in and going across, when we, when they were running at Robert uh, at Lovren, I think that was that was the real objective from, from what they were looking for there. Kind of stretch, open up that bit of space and then go and cut in and get at Lovren. Because I, I think, you know, it's, it's not just picking on Lovren here. You know, it's as a striker, you put yourself on what you would consider the weakest of the of the centre backs, or you would look to target the weak point of the defence. It's just what you do. It's it's ruthless. You want to score, you want to win, and it looked to me that that was a key objective: is to get into that half space to go at Lovren, and and it worked quite well for them. It did. They didn't do it too often, but when they did, it it was a real problem. And obviously, you know, the the first goal comes in that area of the pitch. Absolutely right. Let's let's kind of talk about the stark differences. So in in the first half, um the attack was completely sort of isolated. I know we had that chance, but as a whole we were the, we were second to everything in my opinion. They were by far the superior side. We conceded quite late on in in this in the first half. We go, we regroup, we come back, we have a little bit of rhythm, we're playing a little bit better. And then of course um Fabinho comes on and things start looking better. We st- we start pressing their midfield. We start doing different things. The attackers are more in like sort of more attacking positions. Wanna get your thoughts on uh on what you made of the attackers. In particular for me, Roberto Firmino was pretty anonymous in the first half, but that was largely down to he does that Claxon Roberto Firmino thing. We're losing the midfield battle and must drop deep. Yeah, I, I was getting a little frustrated as well. Is he was having one of them days where you know where he's trying to rope the dribble and it's just kind of ricocheting and bouncing off legs. And today it wasn't quite running into his path. You know, against Arsenal, it, you know, a couple of times it ran into his path and it worked well. Tonight it wasn't going that way. Yeah, and he's dro- dropping into areas. He's coming searching for the ball because there, there was just an acre of space in between our midfield and our attack. So we're. And it has, it just, it hasn't really worked, has it? That that whole link up we spoke about it so much tonight. We spoke about it so much over the previous few months. This shape with those three individuals in that midfield kind of, it looks so disjointed between what the midfield and the attack is. And and the real difference second half was that slight change of shape to a four four two almost mm-hmm. with Fabinho coming on, and it was it was just a different head, like you said, seeing a different picture moving the ball slightly differently and giving City something slightly different to, to think about. And we, we just took the impetus. And, and for for that, that period of the game before City made another change, and 
I, I thought that was where we we looked on really looked dangerous and looked like you know we could come back and we could actually go on and win this game, but uh, unfortunately we didn't sustain it long enough. For sure. And Hakeem, your your thoughts on on what Andy said, and you know your thoughts on uh, you know we'll start with Roberto Firmino first. Well, again, this is an issue we've always had with when whenever we play this midfield. And whenever we do play in the four three three, we need that that extra midfielder to link up with Firmino. Mm-hmm. So whenever he has to drop so deep, it leaves him all isolated. It leaves Mane on an island because one, he has to cover passing lanes on the left side. But then if if it's just him and Mo up there, he has to drop back deeper too to keep shape. I don't know. Uh, initially, look, knowing the fact that City didn't have a left back to play. You would think that we would have went with the formation that we went with against, mm-hmm. I believe it was Bournemouth, maybe? Or one of these teams where we had Mane on the right, Keita on the left. You know, I understand Keita was injured, so that's why he, he didn't feature in the last few games. But we had to attack their weakness, and their weakness was on that left side. They were playing as a center back in, at, at, at the left back position, so clearly they were scared about whoever else they could have put there. So that's where we definitely needed to attack. And in the second half, when we did put money over there, we had a bit of success. And what happened, I think, so the issue, the issue with the way the team sets up in that 4-3-3 and not having that, that, that attacking player who's going to break lines is that once our players lack the ability to rotate in that situation, and that's what we, we do really well to affect defenses and midfields, when we have players moving in different positions, people can't pick them up. And we didn't have that today. But in the second half, we definitely did. And we had the fact that Fabinho was looking for these players. So he was breaking the lines with his passing. He was switching play quickly. There's just not too much more to add on this game, man. I'm just really upset. I know. I know. Trying to get some, but... trying to get some joy in, in the chat that we're having. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad that obviously Roberto Firmino came in with with a goal in the second half yet things did start improving for the attackers ever so slightly i mean gags i'm gonna bring you in anything that caught your eye in the chat not really just just still i'm still going on about how shit we are in midfield sorry it i i think it affects everything personally i think it affects the midfield i think it affects the attack they're lonesome they're on their lonesome up there poor chaps they have to do it all on their own. We rely on the full-backs with our goal, like we did. Beautiful. At, at times, at times in the, in the first day. half, I saw fucking Mohamed Salah deeper than some of our midfielders. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to happen. They just can't control it. They can't do anything. It's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a real, real tough one for the team to have with those three in there. And you know what? That's not a slight on those players. They, that's all they can do. Who puts them there? Like we said, though, we're four points clear. It's very hard to say something bad about. Klopp. I think. I think it's very hard to say something bad about him. He's really got us into a brilliant position, mm-hmm. but today he got this one wrong. Yep, I like all that. Love Jurgen Klopp. You all know this, but today you fucked up. I think Hefty Horse may actually said Klopp had a free shot at Pep Guardiola, and he played a you know a passive team. Uh, and I think he's obviously referring to the midfield there. And uh, yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think he can take anything away from that. That's the Guys, word. Passive. That's the yeah. word. 
Yeah, passive. they are passive. Re- mm. It was a really, really passive midfield. Um, it's much of a muchness. There's nothing different. At least when it's a combination of Genie or, or Fabinho or Keita, they all offer something different. Or, or Henderson, Fabinho and Genie, they all offer something different. You see something different. But mm. when they all kind of play the same game, it's like, well, you are not giving any options to the men in front. And the that is did, problematic. Yeah, the boys did great off the ball. They were yeah. pressuring, they were running. I know you said they didn't win many second fingers, but I thought they pressed well and they pushed the ball out and they, they tried to win it back. And you know what my problem well. was, Off guys, ball's fine, you, on ball's yeah. the problem. No, you know, every time there was a loose ball, I felt like City kept winning it in the midfield. I felt like they, it felt like they had more bodies in the midfield. I've, I'm, I'm literally raw from this game. I've not seen the highlights. I've not seen the replays. I've not seen anything. It just felt like every time there was a loose ball in the middle of the park, they seemed to have more bodies around it and they were just better positioned for it. This was a cup final for them. They were on it and we didn't. We came in looking not to lose. That's not how you do this. That's not how you do this. You miss, you miss a player. Someone like Fab, maybe a few snide tackles. They had Fernandinho. He's he was probably the best player on the pitch. The way he was playing, he's got the snide. He can play a pass. Fab came on and did that. We needed to play him from the start. Cater's got snide. I don't know. It's weird. I don't think Mane did much today. No, I, he didn't. I know. I know. Keem Keem's a big fan. Today, he's, when he's good, I'm, I'm. I don't think he did much today. Maybe we could have played something different. I don't know, but you know, he's got the pace and he can hurt them. But it's just a it's it's a kick in the it's a kick in the gut today for us all because a draw would have been beautiful to be fair even a draw mm-hmm. would have been beautiful enough for us and we've we've had to take a loss and it, it, some of us as a team she came out knew it was coming and that's just hard to take. Really, really quickly, guys, if I, if I could jump in on the the money thing before we we let Annie get some airtime, uh, I think City kicked him out of the game early on. Because the the first tackle was was Fernandinho on him, uh, uh early on the sideline I think it was uh Danilo clattered him, you know, going with the ball going off for a throw. I think they kicked him out of the game and he was getting frustrated, and then he knew he couldn't react. So I I think it was a part of City's game plan to to get into his head, and that's the type of player he is. So unfortunately, he didn't come up with the goods today, but I can understand why. Uh, I, I think that's why we need that that next attacking player who, you know, who can come in and rotate with those with the front three and you know take her attack to the next level. Um, I mean, it's a good point to cover there because you just said, sorry, Nin, um, you just said we need another attacker to come in, and there's reports coming out today that we're not doing anything in this January window. You know, I'm sure point, we won't. yeah, and at a time where you think you should bring somebody in maybe to bolster even alone or whatever, try and find someone to come in and just bolster this squad, give it a bit of, you know, some competition, just put something in there in the players' minds that they've got to up their levels. Otherwise there's a player waiting to come in. I don't see us doing that. I don't see any, I don't, I don't see any ruthlessness in there. I don't see any of that. And there's, that that was the thing missing today. Lack of ruthlessness from Liverpool. Lack of of that fight, you know? Yeah, even if it's not bringing in another player, we have players on the bench that we don't use. Or a storage came on for what five minutes today. It was it was pointless. We we're wasting our players, and then we get upset when players say that oh they're unhappy at the fact that they're not getting enough game time. We can't be so blinded that the fact that they're human beings too, they have career. It's it's their career too. They have ambitions themselves. But Jurgen is hamstring is hamstringing himself by not playing the players. We've went over it multiple times, year after year, 
he doesn't rotate the squad in certain areas where he can give people an extra 20 minutes here, extra 30 minutes there, give them a start here and there, and then they'll be more fit. They'll be more on point when they come on the pitch. But we don't use the players that we have. Yes, they might not be good enough. I understand that. And we don't always want to see them. But sometimes you have to use the players to give others a rest and, and add to the competition, as you mentioned. Absolutely. Love to hear Andy's take on this. Uh, to be honest, I think the only player that could have come into that front three and made a difference tonight in the way that we played would have been Leo Messi because he, he's the one who's capable of coming back, receiving the ball, dribbling past... Suarez, Suarez. <laughs> well, dribbling past like 45,000 people in the crowd and then putting it in the net. I, honestly, I think it's not so much individuals or getting players in or anything like that. I think tonight it was more about the balance of the team and the way that we set the team up. The front three were isolated yep. and, and searching for the ball in wrong positions and we couldn't utilise them well enough. We've got, we've got you know, re- dangerous weapons in attack. We've got the front three there. We had Shaqiri sat on the bench for too long. We've got storage there as well. We do have attacking weapons. I think the way that we set our team up today, the balance was wrong and I think we... We just didn't make best use of our strengths today. And I think our recent change in shape has, has helped us still defend well, but also we've been getting that better balance between defending and attacking. You remember earlier in the season, we were waiting for the attack to click, waiting for it to click. We slightly changed our formation, brought Shaq into the team a lot more often, and it just seemed to click into play. We were still defending mm-hmm. well, but we were also balancing it out and looking a more cohesive attacking unit. And I think that change of shape Do you not think as well, Andy? Has not, has not helped. I think that's, that's for to me tonight, is that is the thing that's really hurt. Is, is yeah, the... yeah, it's a change of shape, but do you not think as well, as I think it was Hakeem that made the point earlier that that defence should have been got at today and we should have got at them. But I felt like what their midfielders did was, um, certainly um, Fernandinho, um, they really did play into that role of defensive midfielder. And what they did, in my opinion, certainly when somebody like, say, Salah or Mane, the pacey guys were on the bus, especially Salah, I felt like there was no space. I felt like they cut off all the space. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, when when we look to counter-attack and we've got two, three guys counter-attacking and there's acres of space between our attackers counter-attacking and the rest of the team, and you look at City and they were getting eight men back. They were running. They mm-hmm. were sprinting back into positions. as You know, they were getting all the bodies to attack. They were going forward. And all that energy and numbers that were the, they were using in attack, they were also using in counter-attacks. So... They they just put in a titanic performance in both of getting up and back on that pitch. Mm-hmm. And it was something that we didn't really match in terms of numbers up and down the pitch. That was on first viewing. Obviously, you've got to look back at it and analyse it and see better. But to to my first viewing, that was something I would pick out, is that there was one where we had the chance of a counter-attack. And within sort of two seconds, they were back. making a pass there was seven City players suddenly behind the ball. This is second half, right? Somebody played a ropey pass and then somebody had to retrieve it and know it. All bodies were back. Yep, I remember it. And that is it. They they worked. They absolutely worked their socks off. And Mm -hmm. I almost expected them to run out of legs with maybe 10 minutes to go because they put so much into that game. But then you forget they play like us, right? (laughs) You you know, every other team that tries it. Every other yeah. team that tries against us ties, but this team doesn't because they're, they're actually well, a better version. That's the thing is, is recently there have been tiring towards the end of games. And you think about the Champions League game 
at the Etihad last season. They were one nil up at half time. They're all over us. Second half, we scored that goal. They ran out of energy. They they were just knackered towards the end of that game. They they didn't have the energy to try and even get back into the game. But tonight, you know, I don't know where they found it from, but they put everything into that. Who knows? Maybe they put so much into this game that this was their cup final. That this might hurt them. There might be repercussions in the coming weeks. So I don't know. There was, but for me, rather than saying, you know, that if we'd have been able to pick. Uh, you know, assign another player or this player, whatever. I think it was the balance of the team and the way we were set up meant whoever it was that was up front, they were so isolated and there was such an acre of space in between them that we just didn't make best use of them uh, until small pockets in the second half. So uh, I think we've just got to go back and maybe trust more in this new shape that we've been playing this past month. Uh, maybe, Maybe Klopp just thought he was going to be smart and, you know, that, that Pep was going to set himself up to 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 counter a four two three one, and instead, hey, no one's expecting me to play this, so we'll play this. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the positives. We played. We're gonna go through the positives. We played the best team, without shadow of a doubt. We went punch for punch with them. Yeah, and we weren't at our best. We had a few really poor performances in there and we could still have scored goals. You know, they, they got fortunate. That's mm. not, you know, there's no two ways about it. The way the ball bounces around in the box, it's just good fortune that it lands in the right place for them and they've cleared it off the line. So on another night, you know, we've had some luck going our way at times this season. On another night, we might have won this 3-2. Absolutely. And um, Hakeem, I come to you. What is your positive for the listeners before we close this pod off? Well, my positive, my pod, my positive. Oh man, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's any positives in this game, but I can. A big, the bigger picture, the bigger yes, picture, then. Definitely, definitely, in the bigger picture, we're, we're in a very good position. As uh-huh. I said, the team has showed that it has the ability you know, to achieve certain results and, and execute certain types of performances throughout the season. We just need to do that against the rest of the league. Yes, this was our hardest game or toughest away fixture of the season. We've got it over with. We lost it. That's fine. But we move on to the next game. Uh, hopefully the team gets a rest next week, you know, uh, for the FA Cup fixture. We can send out the, the, the kids in that one mm-hmm. and then we come, become well prepared for Brighton. Oh, for sure. So the, so the big picture is we're four points ahead and we're still in control of our own destiny. Yeah, Vern Wright agrees with you. Four points ahead, no injuries. Uh, Bernie says, nothing from this game, but we're going to win the league. I love the positivity. <laughs> uh, and Hefty Horse Simon says, uh, Virgil van Dijk is a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Nina, just say, yeah, absolutely right on that, the positives that we are. Yeah, we it is in our destiny. We are top of the league. We're in a fantastic position and it's up to us to do it. Is as someone who's quite superstitious and plug plug, I do have an article out on in Anfield Index at the moment that uh, goes a lot around that. Check it out, people. <laughs> <laughs> um is the the omens there, if you want to cling on to something, is like last season, we we were at home to City. They came to us top of the league, uh, unbeaten. We ended their unbeaten streak, but they still went on to win the league. So if it's roles reversed, I'll, if we, if the, you know, we 
we come away from this feeling frustrated that we've lost. If we go on to win the league, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, you know what? I'll take that as well. Well, the other the other side is is the is the mind game. They now lead, I think, psychologically in this um, because they've beaten us. So what we, they, they could go on a massive run here. So what we have to do is uh, pick ourselves up and just match them with those results all the way, and it's ours. So just match them all the way, and it's ours. And so it's all on us now. It's harder, but it's all on us. And uh, we, we can. We, it's it's in our hands. It's in our hands as long as it's in our hands, then. That's that's the key. Yeah, and as long as Alison is between the sticks as well, I'll take that. I I trust in him. Right, guys, I think we've come to the end. Before we go, anything you'd like to plug? I've I've got plugs. Come on, Andy. Then if you've got <laughs> plugs, you kind of you kind of give us a little spoiler there. Come on, hit me with some. Yeah, I've I finally got round to writing again. So I've gotten. Uh an article out on Anfield Index at the moment called uh, Why I Cannot Get Too Bullish About This Liverpool Team. Uh, just a bit about my superstitions and, and you know, praising them, but not wanting to get too carried away, hence nights like tonight. And and also, unbelievably, comparing this Liverpool team to a previous Man United team. So uh, you might want to check that out. And also is the uh, the latest edition of the Res Review with myself and Guy Drinkle reviewing all of December. That was a fabulous month. If you want to have some pleasure, go back and enjoy that. Uh, so we go through all through everything in December, hand out our awards. But there's also our look ahead to uh, to January and now predictions and everything like that and trivia and lots and lots of different fun in there. So please do check that one out. Definitely. Andy is a busy bee and I look forward to how he has to deal with the Reds review and having to to cover to cover um, uh, the Reds first loss in, in the next coming month. But do check out all the work that he does. Hakeem, unfortunately, we have some sound issues with him, but please do check him out on Twitter. He is an awesome follow. He's a great guy. His Twitter handle is at Keem Dreamstar. Check him out. He's Keem cool. Star Dream, I think. Keem Dreamstar. I've Keem got it Star up here. Dream, is it Keem Dreamstar? Okay. Right, 50 quid less, Betty. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Remember when I used to be armchair Randy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly, I guys. Do love, I do love that. Yeah, uh, armchair Andy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Andy's like your analysis. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, guys. Well, I've got you here. Can you please tell the people how they can get uh, in touch via, via Discord and how they can connect? Yes. Well, folks, the best thing about Discord is that people are listening to this live immediately after the game. Uh, previous to this game, every single one that was live resulted in a win. So this is the first one. I happened to be the one in two thousand, the first one in 2019, which is not good. But I'm sure we'll bounce back with five wins in a row. And all of those will be covered here live. And it'll be for subscribers. So subscribers, those are the AI Pro subscribers, a fantastic folk who support Anfield Index Pro and the quality content we do on there. So to subscribe and to listen in live, which is one of the perks, you have to go to anfieldindex.com forward slash join. And you can join for four ninety nine a month or 49 49.99 a year give it a go seven day free trial as well um not only that when you do get access you get access to all the content but then in this discord server amfordindex.com forward slash discord you get access to all of the chat groups with our contributors 
basically everyone who does those pods. Uh, there's a free area too, so people can listen there. I mean, so people can have ch- chat to us there, but majority of things about the pods will be, and the exclusive content like pressing and all that will be in the, uh, the, the, the hidden groups. So yeah, it's definitely worth joining in because obviously the live content's good. There's normally one or two live shows a week. So yeah, it's pretty good. Lots of people jump in and get involved. As you can see, we're mentioning a lot of people in the shows. It's really a lot of fun. Obviously not tonight, but still, you know what? It's cathartic. It's nice to have all these guys, you know, uh, all these guys and, and girls listening to us whilst we talk and, and dropping their notes and, and letting us know what they think as well. And, and you know what? We're all in it together. That's the main thing. If you want to be somewhere where you're listening to Reds and you're joining in a chat straight after a game, get therapy like Vern Wright said. See, I'm just quoting people in the chat right now. Uh, this is the best place to be, honestly, straight after a game. This is the best place to be all together making points. So jump on Android Index Pro at it's basically go to amfordindex.com forward slash join. Join us for a free week trial and then go to amfordindex.com forward slash discord and join our server. That is the biggest plug anyone will ever do. And I use it because Nina's show goes out for free. <laughs> Why not? Here I am, free advertisement, people. Mug over here. A bigger mug than fucking Dejan Lovren. Hefty Horse Ghost, thank you for bringing us some relief. I'm sure this will disagree with you, Hefty, um, Simon, after after some of the rants that we've had but just it's it's a temporary thing i'll be fine tomorrow i've 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 got closure from this game now a, a massive a massive massive thank you to all our live subscribers who have just sat in with us commented given their thoughts on the game uh, an even bigger thank you to both andy and hakeem who's having some sound issues much love to them too um big up to our callers gags our producer I know it's not the best start to 2019, but hopefully things are going to be on the up. We've got Brighton next in, in the league. Let's absolutely smash them. Let's just smash everyone. We're still four points to the good. And just chin up and up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.